This is the audio version of the Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego podcast. I am your Englishman in San Diego, Leonard Sultana, confusingly based in the UK, but hosting this international show on a weekly basis where we gather every Sunday and celebrate the events at which we embrace the fandoms we love. This is season six, episode two, and this week it's an episode of firsts. We get to talk to CNET's Erin Carson, someone who attended San Diego Comic Con for the first time in July 2018. And we chat about what it's actually like to go to this monster of a show fresh out of the gate, against all of the expectation and hype, as well as balancing covering the show as a busy press person and as an enthusiastic newbie attendee. And then we speak to Hassan Osman El Hao, the creator of the Comics Critique and Analysis Monthly, Panel by Panel, an online magazine that was nominated for an Eisner Award for the first time this July, discussing what it means to have that honour bestowed upon you in 2018. Plus all the con news and all of our latest updates, it's a cracking hour of a celebration of con culture. If you enjoy what you hear, please help us keep doing what we do by supporting us at Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash Englishman SDCC. Right, welcome along. My name is Leonard Sultana. Uh, I'm an Englishman in San Diego, or that's how I post under for now. And uh, this is Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Each and every Sunday, uh, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. GMT, we talk Comic Con and Con culture. Uh, it's a fascinating little group of people that go to these events each and every weekend. And uh, we talk about uh, not just San Diego Comic Con or New York Comic Con, but all cons. Uh, the, the way that people go and interact and meet each other uh, on these uh, special events each and every weekend. And it is every single weekend. There are uh, events of varying sizes. Uh, so it, basically, it's a way we come together and celebrate uh, our little community each and every week. We are live on YouTube. Do jump in on the YouTube uh, chat room. If there's any questions that you want to put to our special guests or anything that you want to raise throughout the course of the next hour. Uh, you are, can also listen live on Mixler.com. And also, you can uh, catch up with the show after the event on SoundCloud, on Apple uh, Podcasts, and also on Instagram. Do subscribe and like and comment on all of those. Uh, do let us know which ones that you're listening to and what Watching and uh, allow us to uh, pick the ones that we want to keep flourishing and growing and uh, developing. But that's what we do each and every week. We have ourselves some great guests. We've got someone who's going to be joining us a little bit later, who is Hassan, who's the guy behind Panel by Panel, who was Eisner nominated this year. We're going to be speaking to him later on. But we also have my um, partner in crime, who's just getting herself all settled again on screen. We've got Alyssa Franks from the Friends of Comic Con Forum. Hello, Alyssa. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Uh, settling in, getting my feet underneath me, uh, enjoying the sunny San Diego, really, uh, really liking the fact that they've got this marine layer, which keeps everything cool for, for a while. Is it a nice so, big change to how uh, uh, the, the contrast to the, the lifestyle you had before? Exactly. Exactly. So, but it's, I like the San Diego weather, which is really nice. Um, our our next guest can can talk to us about her first impressions of the San Diego weather. Absolutely, because I mean, the one thing I think we can safely say for this year, I mean, it wasn't as hot as it's been in previous years, uh, so it wasn't that blistering kind of really nasty heat that we've had uh, in, at Comic Cons past. 
but it was warm enough. Uh, so it's uh, great to welcome Erin Carson uh, to join us uh, for today's show. Hello, Erin. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you um, because you spoke to us um, or spoke to myself and a number of Comic-Con bloggers uh, leading up to San Diego Comic-Con 2018 because this was your first time. Indeed, yeah. First time at Comic-Con. First con ever, actually. So, okay. yeah, it was a milestone. <laughs> so I had to go and seek some sage advice from folks to get me through. Well, I mean, I think the best thing to do is we'll start with first um, introduce yourself, really, uh, because it kind of leads into why you were at Comic-Con in the first place. Erin Carson, who are you? Absolutely. So I'm a staff reporter for CNET, and I cover a wide range of topics from tech that's cool and interesting and fun, startups and culture, geek culture in particular. So, uh, yeah, so ending up at Comic-Con is kind of a no-brainer for me. So how come it's taking you so long to get to a Comic-Con then? Oh my goodness, I just needed an assigning editor who's going to send me it. <laughs> so yeah, this is this was the year that um, I had covered uh, South by Southwest last March, and it was it was very kind of pop culture heavy and whatnot. And so this was this was a good kind of jumping off point to get the the assignment to head out to San Diego in July. Was it something that you actually requested, or was it something that you got assigned? Because I, mean, I can imagine when you kind of look into and research San Diego Comic Con, it's one of those things you go, for a first time, it's like, that looks a bit much. I was willing the universe. I wanted to go. I've been wanting to go for a couple of years. And you know how it is, it's just like conversations that come up with, with people and you're figuring out who's doing what for the year and, and whatnot. And, uh, but I was, I, was, I was willing it to happen. So. Excellent. So when it comes to your, um, sort of like your nerd cred, as it were, I mean, what kind of things do you get into? Is it your films, television? Is it comics? What kind of things float your boat? Oh, it's, I mean, it's a little bit of everything. Um, I, I love the Marvel franchise, you know? <laughs> I think like a lot of people. Um, I grew up on like Silver Age Superman comics that my dad had. He has like just a bin of them and I was lucky enough to get to, you know, sift through a ton of stuff from late 50s, early 60s, all that sort of thing. Um, and I'm just in general like a consumer of pop culture. I love reading. I'm a huge book nerd. I'm a big music nerd. So kind of like to take in as much as I can. Wow. I mean, okay. So, I mean, that's something that they've really been doing a great deal in strides uh, over the last, say, five, six years that we've noticed as con, um, commentators, that they've really done um, great strides to increase the literacy and li literary element of San Diego Comic-Con. So how did that um, grab you? I mean, what, what did you get to see uh, this time around? Well, a lot of what I saw was, you know, what I was kind of there to cover. So it was, you know, everything from, you know, Doctor Who to I caught like the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend panel, which was just a tremendous amount of fun. I had a good chunk of time to just walk around the floor and get to see everything from, you know, like the giant Funko booth on one side to, you know, everyone who's kind of set up shop with booths and has beautiful illustrations and, you know, whatnot. And, um, you know, for me, a lot of it was was also kind of the joy of people watching and seeing all the cool cosplayers and and whatnot so uh yeah i was i was trying to go broad so i could see as much as possible <laughs> when it came to actually preparing for comic-con obviously we you hear the stories and you hear about almost it's almost like the mythology 
of Comic-Con. Every, everyone's kind of like built it up as this thing that's on a, a bit of a pedestal. What was your thoughts of what Comic-Con was going to be like before you went? Sure. So I think the first significant awareness that I had of Comic-Con was a college roommate of mine who had been going since 2004 and still goes. And I actually saw her this year. And so it was a lot of like long lines and the cosplayers and these panels and, you know, everyone kind of like waiting on bated breath for some interesting nugget of information about, you know, uh, their beloved property and, and, and whatnot. And so, um, and since then I've just always followed it from afar, you know, on, on Twitter and, and whatnot. I think like a lot of people. Um, so yeah, I think that that was, that was you know, my, impression that it's going to be a lot of people and it's going to be a lot of excitement kind of running rampant <laughs> and i know that you spoke to myself and you spoke to tony kim and you spoke to a, a number of uh, um uh, con bloggers before you actually went out uh, was there any of the advice that you were given practical was it useful oh yeah absolutely so you know i I was thinking to myself, I've covered a lot of conferences for work, but nothing quite like Comic-Con. I've, you know, covered CES and like I said, South by and a lot of, you know, kind of like tech conferences. And uh, so it was really great to get all this perspective. And it was everything from, you know, yeah, wear comfortable shoes and pack wisely and make sure you have food in your backpack, which you, you almost like can't pack enough snacks, <laughs> you know? Um, and then there are just also a couple other, I think one of my favorite pieces of advice that someone gave me was just talk to people who are in line with you. And I, I really took that to heart. I always love to talk to people because I'm a reporter. And so I'm just naturally, you know, like, right, let's talk. Um, but I had just some really great, interesting, random conversations with folks in, in the various lines that I was, I was in while I was there. So, oh, yeah, making con buddies, I think, is one of the big uh, go to a piece of advice. I don't know if any of us actually put. I, I don't. I seem to think I forgot to actually add that one. Um, but certainly having con buddies is um, one of the big things because it not only on a practical level because then someone will look after your stuff while you disappear and do what you need to do, and but also just kind of like brings that sense of community together. I think as well. Uh, so uh, and adds to that. So yeah, I think that's something that perhaps I should have added to my little uh, uh, advice list. Okay, so you, did you do the whole thing Were you, or did you just come in on the Thursday or did you do preview night as well? I was there the day before it started, yes. Uh, so I was there for preview night and a couple other sort of press events earlier. Um, but yeah, and that was, that was something that was kind of incredible that the, the preview night was so packed in and of itself. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I think I was there for the whole run. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, certainly when I spoke to a number of people uh, who had been there and had gone to Comic-Con over a couple of years, certainly over the last nine, ten years as Comic-Con has exploded, uh, because of certain changes that CCI had implemented this year, uh, the Thursday, the first day open of Comic-Con, um, the words calm and serene and quiet came into mind, certainly for the first couple of hours, as sort of like there wasn't the manic rush for a number of exclusives. Everyone was just kind of a little bit more restrained. Um, but I can imagine as a first timer, it, that would have been a slightly different perspective for you. What was your take on that first day? Yeah, well, that's, you know, one of the things that was that was really interesting to me is from my perspective and attendance wise, this is definitely one of the larger events that I've covered. It, you know, it seems packed, 
But also so many people I talked to were saying that it was in general just a calmer year because you didn't have Marvel and you didn't have HBO and some of those big sort of drivers at the moment. Um, and so, yeah, it's one of those moments that just shows you perspective. Like I'm sure if I had five years under my belt going to Comic-Con, I would have been like, oh, where is everybody? <laughs> I think also um, it was a, it's a slightly different perspective for yourself as well because you are attending as press and you're going to see certain other elements of the convention. When I speak to people and tell them about um, attending Comic-Con as press, um, it almost is a totally different event because you have other rooms to go to and you have other kind of um, uh, priorities of things to see and do. Um, but how much did you get to see and do as an attendee, as it were, uh, kind of just wandering the floor and seeing the bits and pieces, the off-sites and everything else around convention? Did you manage to kind of balance between the two? I think so. And I think that I'm also lucky in that there are a lot of things that I got to cover that I was just naturally interested in, um, like covering Doctor Who the press panel or yeah, press conference and the panel for that. I was like, I just, I personally would have loved to have seen that and I did. And I also did it for my job. So that's kind of a convenient, you know, thing. And there were other opportunities, like a bunch of us went to the DC universe, like experience. And that was not something that I myself produced a piece on, but just enjoyed seeing all the different, you know, parts of the, the activation and whatnot. Um, and then there was, you know, I mean, there was a, a couple, the things like like I mentioned the crazy ex-girlfriend panel I did write something about it but part of the reason I wrote about it is because that's a show that I like on my own you know um and I also stumbled into like a panel for Midnight Texas which is like a show <laughs> on NBC that I think has filled some of the, like the void that Grimm left that I just, I just kind of enjoy it and I had some spare time and so I just you know wandered in so I think it was a good balance. Uh, Alyssa any questions that you want to put in? What what was the biggest surprise? I mean, since I, I mean, San Diego Comic Con was my first con too, um, and I just was surprised at the the camaraderie of all of the geeks. Um, but what was your biggest for surprise? Unexpected surprise? Oh, that's a good question. I'm I'm trying to think. I I, I don't know that there was any one thing that sort of really you know caught me um, off guard of. Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. And I have to think about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the camaraderie is definitely, you know, incredible. Um, not every event is like that. You know, I think the, the one of the only other places that I see that kind of very open heartedness, you know, mm -hmm. if you will, is the uh, Grace Hopper Women in Computing conference that happens every year that it's just you know, oh, 20,000 attendees and everyone's just hyped up and just you know happy to talk and happy to share stories and and whatnot so just yeah good vibes that's now, that's a wonderful <laughs> sorry go ahead Leonard <laughs> now I was going to ask us about your because you did post a piece about um, your experience as a first timer. And I did quite like the fact that uh, it did mention the lines. At the end of the day, they are gonna be there. And it is something that you are gonna spend some time in. Um, but it sounded like it was a, a pretty positive experience from that piece. Um, I mean, did you find any low points that did kind of grate against uh, your expectations of going into Comic-Con? I don't think so. You know, I, I think that the, 
if you ask me just what my least favorite part of it, I could tell you my least favorite line that I stood in was, you know, waiting for a wristband Thursday night to get into Hall H on Friday morning. And, and that, you know, not that that kind of an experience is unexpected, but, you know, when you have this, this uh, circumstance where it's like nine o'clock at night, I've eaten through my cliff bars, there's not really anybody around to talk to. And that's the point where you're like, oh, okay, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. But um, but I feel like part of, at least from my perspective, going to something like Comic-Con is like, yeah, you gotta go and like gripe about the lines a little bit. Like, you know, it's, it's, part, of, it's part of the package. <laughs> One of the things, one of the things that a lot of people do to combat that type of line is to have friends with them. Um, so they find, you know, if you if you're able to uh, meet up with a group of friends that uh, or acquaintances even that are going to uh, Hall H the next day, it just helps pass the time and has somebody, you know, they can hold your place in line for you while you need to go out and get a. Uh, you know, some to-go food or something like that. Uh, even pizza delivery people um, will—they'll deliver in line. So those kinds of techniques <laughs> have been for the next year because we're assuming that you're going to be coming back next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and I can really kind of see the difference. You know, having waited in a good handful of lines, the ones where I was either with people I knew or managed to strike up conversations with other people online. Like they went a lot faster and were just in general more enjoyable. So uh -huh. I, yeah, I, can, I can totally see that. Yeah, we've got a couple of questions that have come in on the Q&A and one of them uh, I think is one that uh, Alyssa has just asked, but worded slightly different. Uh, this is from Andy, Andrew Dickinson. Uh, would you go on your own volition in the future if it wasn't work related? If you weren't being forced to go, if you weren't <laughs> being paid to go, would you go? I would love to. I mean, it was it was kind of one of those bucket list things in a way, you know. Um, and I think that yeah, if if I have a chance in the future, and I've got you know uh, friends out there I can crash with and and whatnot, I would I would love to go and and just you know, uh, I used to cover music uh, before I was in tech, and so I I can see parallels where you know you love covering and a show and writing a review but it's also nice to just go to the show you know <laughs> every once in a while so yeah if i had the chance i would i totally go on my own because i think also it's that thing I'm, I'm i'm really curious because i mean yeah 2010 was my first year and i think with Alyssa as well it was a case of we caught the bug did you catch the bug oh i would love to go again and i mean you know one of the things that i was talking about with my editor is like how fun would it be to like try and cosplay or kind of you know and i think particularly one of the things that i was thinking about is now that i have this one year under my belt i feel like it would be a lot easier to to you know plan for the next year and i was leaving the event already thinking of things that i wanted to explore and you know and whatnot so yeah it was fun You've got one year under your belt. You're a veteran now. <laughs> I know yes, everything. She, short, short answer. Yes, she's caught the bug. <laughs> Sounds like it, doesn't it? So, yes, absolutely. Excellent. And another question, uh, this has come from Andrew English. Uh, was there anything that you missed? Uh, anything that you wanted to see? Because I can imagine also there's a little bit of that uh, crossover between stuff that you are wanting or needing to cover for CNET and things that are being scheduled on. Because it is the kind of 
the big con thing that you're going to not see everything that you want to check out? Is there anything you missed? Sure. So I think that there were a few panels that I would have loved to have caught, like, you know, Better Call Saul and the Breaking Bad reunion and uh, Deadpool and all that sort of thing. And, and you know, of course, you can't you can't be everywhere at once, but it would it would have been fun to, to see those as well. Excellent. Any other questions, Alyssa? Um, I had a couple, but I've forgotten them. <laughs> it's, it's like dreadful, dreadful. Absolutely. Well, we've got a couple more questions on the Q and A, uh, and I've got a couple to uh, to wrap things up. But certainly, uh, I mean, is there any other cons uh, lined up for yourself? Um, I'm certain that there'll be a couple on the the techie side that you'll be wanting to attend. Oh boy! So. Um... So on the tech side, uh, the conference I mentioned, Grace Hopper, I'll be heading out there in a few weeks uh, in Houston. So if you're curious about that, you know, hop on over to see it uh, and whatnot. And I'll be by Southwest again next year. Um, but as far as like cons, I'm I'm based in Louisville, Kentucky, and so it's a little, you know we don't always uh, get major <laughs> events. I think that there have been a couple in the in the past year. Um, I know that there was like a, a board game con that happened. I think in Cincinnati maybe a couple weeks ago, if I'm remembering correctly. But I think if if that sort of thing comes on my radar, I would like to go and explore. I'm just going to say, if you find yourself, uh, would you find yourself wanting to go to any of the smaller conventions, or would it? Now you've been to the big one, uh, is it? Is it the bigger events that you'd like to stick around uh, going to? I think it's you know it, it's one of those matters of just like opportunity. Like I also like small events because I think that that. I've, I've covered smaller conferences and things in the past and it, you know, they're always different and um, it's always interesting to kind of talk to the people that are there and kind of absorb the vibes and you, you learn different things and see kind of a different facet of the picture, you know, with the variety of events that you end up going to. So, okay. did, um, did you have an opportunity to catch any of the, uh, the tech uh, the newer technologies that were around at San Diego. Did you get over to the, um, I believe at the Omni, they had a, a room for uh, VR and, and the like. Did you have an opportunity to get there? So I personally didn't, but I think several of my colleagues did. I know uh, several, several of them did the Jack Ryan escape room and really enjoyed mm. that and that had like a virtual reality element yes. to it, you know, as, as well, um, which is just always always kind of fun. I did a bunch of those types of experiences, for example, at South by Southwest last year, like there was a, a huge activation for Ready Player One that had all kinds of VR games and demos mm -hmm. and things that you can do. So that's always interesting to see how, um, you know, you can kind of bring this really immersive element into uh, this interest that so many people have. So um, I didn't actually get around to that myself, <laughs> but we had to cover that. <laughs> so nobody was, I'm sorry, nobody was able to cover the, um, uh, the, the back room, the technology of the Jack Ryan experience for the VR. Um, they just did the, uh, they just did the experience, the escape room. You know, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I'm the worst. Like, no, you know, it's the <laughs> yeah, how much of it? How much of it did turn into a blur? By the way. Oh uh, well, that that's the funny thing is before this, I was I was trying to remember like what did I do every day and what else was there and 
um, it does, yeah, it, it so much happens. It does kind of, you know, blur. And then I had actually left Comic-Con to go on another reporting assignment immediately after that. So my brain wow. for like the last half of July was just like scrambled. <laughs> wait, wait, a lot of people usually take a few days off after San Diego. <laughs> oh, I embarked on a whole new excursion. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, um, out of, out of the entire blur then, can you pick out maybe one or two major highlights for 2018 then? It was, for, for me, it was definitely Doctor Who. Um, it's a show that I've been watching since college with my best friend. And, um, you know, I got to go to the press conference that preceded the panel and uh, and that was just really cool. Jodie Whittaker seems to have a really great energy and be just immensely likable and it was interesting to hear her and the showrunner Chris Chibnall and everything talk about you know what they see for the show going forward it's going to be a doctor for everyone and introducing more diversity into the writer's room and behind the camera and all that and I just kind of walked away with the sense that I don't think she's going to have any trouble uh, winning people over so for me personally that was that was exciting <laughs> I'm really curious to see how uh, Jodie's going to go down because we didn't see any clips of her on the show as it were it was very much kind of um, like visuals um, uh, show clip reel of uh, what we got previewed uh, that panel um, at the end of the day there's Scottish there's some very strong accents here in the UK Yorkshire is one you have to kind of really negotiate and I'm wondering how Yorkshire she's going to be. Uh, I'm, I'm really up for when she comes out, uh, as when the show uh, comes out. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. So, yeah, looking, forward to, looking forward to that. Excellent. Um, so you're thinking of uh, going back. Was there, If someone came to you now asking for advice about Comic-Con, what would you advise somebody as somebody who's gone for the first time? Uh, against the stuff that we advise you as people who've been going for a couple of years, what would you advise? Yeah, I mean, I think that you all had it so well covered. Um, you know, I was trying to think of if, if there was anything else that I would add. And I, I think that, yeah, I really kind of covered the bases with like comfortable shoes and snacks and Purell and, um, and also just taking a minute to you know, step back from the fray and just remind yourself to enjoy what you're in the middle of because it's really kind of an interesting thing. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it's it's easy to get so caught up and like, oh, I got to get to this place and that place and get my seat and get kind of manic. But um, it's it's a cool event and it's good to take just just a second to remind yourself that you're there. So. Yeah. Did you manage to enjoy yourself in terms of away from the convention? Uh, did you manage to get to any of the parties? Did you manage to get any kind of social life going? Uh, not so much. You know, when you're working a, you know, event like this, you're, you've got a lot of deadlines and you have a lot of stories to file and, and, and whatnot. But, uh, but it was fun. I got to see a lot of my coworkers that work in different offices and, and whatnot. And so we were able to, you know, have a beer and, and then go back to the hotel and continue to work. So. Fair enough. But it, it was good. I admire your dedication to it. I appreciate that. That is <laughs> that, that's fantastic. Listen, Erin, thank you very much indeed for coming on. I really appreciate you talking about your experience as a first timer. Um, hopefully we'll see you at Comic-Con 2019. It's obviously a big one. It's the 50th anniversary. So uh, hopefully uh, you'll be able to make it out. Sure thing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me again.
it's not a problem at all thank you so much indeed so there you go erin uh, where can people find you and follow your work online Absolutely. So you can find me at CNET.com on Twitter. I am at Erin Carson, E-R-I-N-C-A-R-S-O-N, like Johnny. Uh, those would be the main places. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed for coming on. Uh, thanks for talking to us. Absolutely. Thank you. Excellent. So there we go. That's Erin Carson there. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting to get that, that, um, that contrast between what us old hands uh, <laughs> who have been to Comic-Con a couple of years. Again, someone who's seen it fresh time, uh, first time. And it's great to see that um, it still has a lot of that energy and a lot of that um, excitement about, uh, uh, it still generates the buzz in people and uh, it's not a, an event which you can get jaded about. So I think that's that's really cool. Uh, I mean, what, did you bump into any first timers? Because I bumped into a couple, Alyssa. I did not. Um... Yeah, I, the only other thing that that I probably would have gone to talk to to Aaron about a little bit more is the perception of lines, and because that's the thing that that I was so surprised about is that I really did not mind uh, standing in line. I kind of actually looked forward to it, um, and I'm going to be interested in talking to our next guest uh, about his perception of of lines although he was more on the professional side well he, he also he, he didn't attend this year he kind of saw it from a virtual standpoint he was he, he didn't attend comic-con this year uh but we'll uh, we'll get to Hass in a second uh we'll just very quickly uh um do a couple of uh, announcements once again um if you are watching this on youtube uh, do keep your questions coming into the live chat and of course if you are wanting to just listen along uh, you can go to mixlet.com slash englishman sdcc which is a way for you to uh, almost have a radio experience of what we do on the uh, talking con show each sunday um i also want to uh, kind of encourage you to do support our patreon page go to patreon.com slash englishman sdcc uh, we are going to be trying to post as much as we possibly can in terms of links uh, we were wanting to possibly make the youtube uh, show just exclusive to patreon supporters for a couple of days that didn't quite work out so we're going to rethink about how that's going to work but there's definitely going to be stuff for the patreon supporters over the next couple of months so please do jump in uh, and support where you can considering that you will be uh, getting live streams from uh, panel sessions with people like brian azarello donny cates uh, frank miller andy kubert uh, jimmy palmiotti and uh, amanda connor frank cho tim sale matt hawkins Ron john ramita jr all of these are what I'm going to be posting up on the uh, Patreon as I attend uh, the MCM shows. Also going to be posting my uh, panels uh, from ICE as well uh, next month. And also I'm going to be uh, sharing as much as I can from uh, Meanwhile Comic Con down in Chichester. So basically, I will be sharing those to the Patreon page first. And I think I'll also be live streaming a number of those things to the Patreon page as well. So that Frank Miller interview that you wouldn't mind catching, um, I think I'll be doing that live on the Patreon page. Do go to patreon.com slash Englishman SDCC. Also, uh, we're going to be doing the site relaunch in about two weeks' time, or we're going to be closing the doors on an Englishman in San Diego.com, and we're going to be preparing for the launch of the new site at the beginning of October. Uh, we are wanting to get a newsletter 
put together so we can share our updates on the new site. So if you'd like to go to Englishman SDCC on Twitter, just direct message me or send me a message on Twitter uh, letting me know if you want to be added to that newsletter. Um, we'll be sharing all the updates and letting you know what happens when we go live. We'll also be asking you what you want from the site as well, uh, considering it's going to be primarily a resource for convention attendees. So please jump in on that. And also, last but not least, we're going to be running a competition at the end of this show. So do stick around where you will be able to win a signed copy of this little boy. Uh, this is, of course, the uh, 2018 San Diego Comic-Con Souvenir Guide with the fantastic artwork as done by Mr. Matt Taylor from Mondo. Um, Matt is based here in the UK, and he's been very generous to sign us a couple of copies of these. We're going to be giving one of these away. We'll do a competition at the end of this show, so do stick around. But first things first, we have ourselves our second guest, and he's been patiently been waiting, so we'll dive straight in. We've got Hassan Osman Hatao. Uh, no, I, I always get this wrong. I it's always a, it's get a, it wrong. It's a hard name. It's, it's a hard not, name. It's not. Hassan Osman Helhat El... No, no, it's that last bit. El Hau. Oh, excuse me. Go for it. You introduce yourself, sir. Hassan Osman El Hau. It's hard, man. I forget sometimes. Not at all. Not at all. Um, but Hassan, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Um, the reason why you're on the show is because your eyes are nominated, man. Yeah, it was cool. It was, that's, that's, that's officially on your cards it, and everything. It, yeah, it matters, nominated. it matters to a very small amount of people that I meet <laughs> that who know what that is. Uh, I've, I've, I've taught my mum and dad about it, so they know now. Uh, well, I, but think I think that's the cool. reason why I wanted to talk to you, because, um, well, first things first, we're going to talk about uh, the magazine that, you're, that was Eisner nominated, but also about what being Eisen nominated means in 2018 does it still have the same kind of weight that it has done in the past but first things first introduce yourself um yeah tell us about your, your background uh so well I, I i started doing like a youtube series uh in 2016 called strip panel naked which i still do um a little bit less frequently now uh, as things have got busier. But um, off the back of that, where I, I basically just talk about sort of storytelling things in comic books, how how the actual medium works and interesting things that I notice in comic books. Um, and off the back of that, I started doing some writing for Comics Alliance. Uh, and then shortly after I joined, Comics Alliance closed down. I'm not sure if those two things are related. Um, but then I was kind of looking for somewhere to write about comics. And uh, I just thought, I, I want to. I, the way that I like to think about comics or write about comics is very um, unique to me, and not a lot of. I don't want to change. I didn't want to change it for a lot of places. And I had some offers about uh, people that would host kind of my writing or whatever. Um, but I just thought, like, I do, I just want to do it how I want to do it. And the only way to do that really is just to do it yourself. Um, and I've always been a huge fan of magazines. Love magazines. I'm a massive fan of Sight and Sound, which is like a, a British. It's like a, I think BFI publish it, right? It's like a British um, film magazine. I love that magazine, and I wanted to do something that was just like a, a thing that you got every month, um, and it was designed and packaged, and and you know would have interesting writing about comic comics, maybe comics you haven't read before, um, comics that you're already reading, just something that kind of expands your enjoyment of that thing a little bit further. Basically, was the plan for panel by panel. Okay, because uh, I mean the one thing or the word that I always come out with when I explain what panel by panel is to people is analytical. It's very much kind of really getting into the nuts and bolts about how stories are told in this medium, which I think uh, there's not many 
sites or they kind of go in superficially perhaps and this is one that actually looks under the hood and really uh, sorry uh, no pun intended there by the way <laughs> uh, under the hood is another podcast that Hassan yeah. runs which is also very very good um but it really gets into the the nuts and bolts of what comics is all about and there's not many um publications that do that nowadays yeah I, I just want something that's i want something i wanted something that was that would engage that was engaging um and would make me think differently about the the kind of stuff we talk about the work that we use uh, that we use as kind of like the features in, in panel by panel but not but also it's not something that felt like i that made me feel stupid when i read it and uh there's there's like a fine line between the kind of like really academic writing where whenever I've read that stuff and I'm reading it thinking like, this is really intelligent, but now I kind of feel dumb. Uh, and like, I kind of like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily want to carry on reading this thing, even though it's really interesting. So where that, that, that finds that balance between engaging, interesting writing and still accessible to people still, you know, you still, you read a piece and you still want to read the next piece. And I hope, like, I hope it does that. I hope the magazine does that. Um, but that was what I was kind of aiming for with it. It's got to be said, it comes very, very close on the latest issue. But then again, it's kind of driven by the uh, subject matter, which is Doom Patrol, which is a, a pretty that's, cerebral... That's, uh, a, that's a hell of a piece. Yeah, De Dennis wrote this whole piece on like Gnosticism and Doom Patrol. Uh, and I, when I read that, I felt stupid. But And, I, and it, was a, it was a conscious decision to put it first. And that was mostly because I wanted... It's almost like a sense of <laughs> getting it out of the way. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to... I kind of wanted to challenge people first you know like sometimes you the fun thing about doing a magazine is you can design it a little bit you know it's not with a with a, a website you might not necessarily be able to guide someone from article to article to article but with a magazine you can a little bit more um and so partly there was a design of putting something that was quite difficult up front and just saying like okay like we're going to try and get into some stuff here and, and you kind of join us and you'll get something out of it it will be worth it and um, but yeah that dennis dennis camp's piece on, on gnosticism and doom patrol was really i thought it was i thought it was a great piece but it was i did i did have to read that like a handful of times before it really stuck <laughs> it was good it was good yeah i'm gonna have to admit to that one as well <laughs> um, i think also the the strength of panel by panel um as well as it being incredibly well designed it's a very easy read it's a great thing to look at i hope so yeah the, the talent that you've actually gotten involved to write for the for the magazine, to write articles, and the, the kind of the connections that you've made to actually put together specific um, uh, issues on specific topics and get the creators involved. How how long has that taken to kind of develop that relationship with creators? Not not very long. Um, I think I think the doing the strip panel naked series gave me you know some kind of like leeway with um people had heard of it so when i kind of approached them about the magazine they'd heard of the youtube series first um and then the magazine and so i it, it was it, there has there's been there's been a handful of times obviously where i kind of like pitched it to people and they've been like i don't know what that is but they've taken a look at some issues and they've really really enjoyed it and said yes um there's and that's usually how it happens. It's just I kind of pick a book I think is is, is worthless talking about, uh, and then we just fingers crossed and approach the creators and just say, please, can would you be interested in doing this? Because um, I don't want to do it if they aren't going to be involved in some in some way. And at least at least in an interview, like at least we kind of you know do like a big in, in depth interview at minimum. Um, we've been lucky enough at some cases like Eric Heizura, uh wrote a, wrote a really cool piece on his writing in in, in uh, issue seven the the secret uh, weapons issue uh, which also had raul allen and patricia martin who draw that book uh, also had them writing a piece um so I, I want i try and get them involved in some way because like that's for me that's also the interesting thing is like 
peeling back a little bit of how a thing is made is always super exciting. Um, so I like to try and get that in as much as possible. But I found that people have been quite um, open to it. Uh, we, I don't think we've had anyone say no at all. No, I know we haven't had anyone say no. The, the Doom Patrol um, Young Animal issue, I was a little bit worried about because there was a lot going on in that one. Um, but I, but it also, the, the people that write the, the essays that aren't create, the, the creators involved are also incredible. I mean, you like you talking about Dennis Camp's piece in in the latest issue. Like that is a really clever bit of writing. Um, Tiffany Babb, who writes uh, quite frequently for us, just hands in the most amazing things. I'm always super excited to to read what the writers put together. Um, you know, when I get the pictures through for the latest issue, and I say, you know, I'm thinking about covering this, and I get these kind of emails from everyone saying, well, what can, I, can I talk about this? Can I talk about that? It's like I can't wait personally to to read those things. So it, it's kind of like it's always been a very much like a personal thing of I just make this thing so that I can read it almost and just hope that everyone comes along for the ride. Um, Cause I just love reading it every month. I, I don't like reading it like the sixth time I've read it uh, <laughs> to edit it and proofread it. Like by that point I'm done reading it, but like the first pass, I love reading it the first time. So I hope everyone has a similar reaction. It definitely feels like there's been a floodgate of people that have just come gone. Oh, okay. This is uh, somewhere for me for me to get in and talk about this thing that I'm excited about. Instead of just talking about how the industry's struggling, how issues aren't selling, how all the controversies that are going on. This right. is something that we can love and really get in, embrace, and uh, it's uh, somewhere to go. I mean, we've got a couple of people who are jumping in on the uh, uh, the Q and A. Uh, we've got uh, Leanne D. Uh, panel by panel has been a wonderful resource. Congratulations on the Eisner nomination. Thank you. And well, I'll tell you what, we'll we'll dive straight into that then. So, yeah, where did you find that out then? Uh, how did you find out that you've been Eisner nominated? Well, the Eisner—it's a weird process because you, the editor of the thing that you're nominating, has to nominate you. Ah, right. Okay. Sense. So I had to put this submission in for panel by panel and to to kind of say like we're worth you know uh, selecting, and then that's it. And that's you... been a very brave thing to do considering this is year one. Yeah, well, we were six months in, so it's only yeah. six issues in by that point, because um, we started in June 2017. Uh, and, you know, it, it's, it runs kind of like January to December as the nomination year. So it was only six issues. Um, and I put it in, and I wasn't really expecting it, because uh, there was a really strong uh, nomination group in 2017. Super strong. Um, so I was a bit nervous. I put it in, um, and then you don't you just get like an email back from um, Jackie Estrada, you know, the, the, who is the person that kind of organizes it all, um, and it's just kind of like a okay, you know, this will be passed on to the judges. We'll hear you'll hear back at some point, or you won't hear back, I guess, maybe if you're not nominated, you'll, you'll hear from us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it was it was it was Helen's birthday actually. It was my partner's birthday uh, was the day we found out, which was like the twentieth of April. Um, and we were on, we, we, I think we were in like Disneyland or something. Uh, and then I, we got this, I got this email through saying, you know, you've been shortlisted, but obviously you can't really talk about it for like two months until the actual nominations are announced, um, or a month or whatever it was. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I just had an email and you know, it's just like, it's, it's a really like, you know, uncelebratory thing. It's just like an email saying like, congrats, you've been nominated for this shortlist in this thing and that's it like you'll hear more soon <laughs> it's like okay cool <laughs> thanks um so you know obviously we celebrate with all the writers and everything and we, uh, we you know celebrate i say celebrated we chatted online because we we're all in different parts of the world um but yeah it was really cool it was really because it, it, it is a kind of like a feeling of like validation like you are doing something award worthy uh you know it's not it's not rubbish it's not nonsense um 
So it, that was good. It feels good. It, you know, um, it does feel really, really good. I, I, I rang my parents, and my my parents had no idea what, what I was on about. How um, did that? Okay, how did that conversation go down? Well, it's just explaining it's, what the Eisners were. Yeah, you know, because because it, it's like you want to you want to ex- try and explain like based on the award ceremony they'll know, but also saying like it's like the Oscars for comics is not really that accurate. Um, so, but it's like there's what else? There's nothing else to compare it to because like what other award shows like. It's the tone. It's not because it's not the Tonys, you know. It's not. It's like it's like the biggest comic award show, but also the biggest comic award show is like, you know, not to put down comics or comic award shows, but in terms of the general populace, the biggest comic award show doesn't necessarily mean a lot to a lot of people. <laughs> um, uh, maybe maybe it's more along the lines of the Hugo's or you know for the science fiction book award shows. Yeah, but then I'll say if I say that to my parents, you know, like my parents are like, uh, you know, my, I've got like an Algerian dad who uh, has, you know, I, it's it's not going to mean anything. So it's there's no there's no relevant thing uh, for that. So it, it was just kind of like it was one of those things where like I'm trying to make him excited so that he he feels like you know well sort of proud or whatever for a moment but it's really difficult because then it's just like you're on you're on the phone like super excited and then my dad's like yeah it's good it's, it's really good yeah well done. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like that's a big thing I'm like it's a big thing joe pass the peas now thank you <laughs> <laughs> it's basically it's basically that like it's it's cool uh yeah it's cool it, it, was, it is really it's a really cool feeling but it's like you can only be excited about it uh, with other people who are also into comics, because otherwise it doesn't, you know, it's it's you you feel like the like I promise I'm you know I promise it's good like <laughs> please please well, okay me. but in that case um, I suppose the question then is for yourself I mean what's what was your thoughts on the idea of being nominated and the possibility of winning an Eisner what's the Eisners meant to you or is it literally just a label that you see on these creators that you've you've aspired to and who you followed the fact that you see the words eisner nominated eisner winning is it just is it a label now no, the- no i do i do genuinely believe like it is genuinely an honor because it's it because it means that the, it means that you're doing something that is worthwhile and i think like that's always the difficult thing when you're doing something where it's you're not necessarily like having a lot of interaction uh you know it's kind of like a like a sealed off thing where I'm working on this thing for like four weeks and then it kind of gets released and then you kind of just straight onto the next one. So there, there isn't necessarily always a moment to like uh, sit back and reflect on, on, on a previous issue because like literally the moment the next one's out the door, often not even then really it's two weeks before the next one's out. You're already working on the next one. Um, you know, so like the immortal Hulk issue, I, I, we've been chatting about that for like the past three weeks and the, and the latest issues just come out the young animal one we've been working on for about two and a half months so you, you're kind of doing all these issues concurrently and so the moment one comes out you can't you, there isn't a moment to be like is this like are we good is this good is this worth the effort and the amount of time that is being put into it every every month um so there is a moment of validation of like okay just keep doing this like it's worth it's people have people have responded to it well people have kind of uh, read it and gone. This is worth a nomination. So it it, it validates the the amount of time that <laughs> is put into it. Um, yeah, I, it's it's cool. It's really really cool. I hope I I hope we can get nominated again in the future at some point. But like, it's it's well, yeah. I think I think it says a lot that like you say, what well, it's one year in. I mean, we've we're on issue thirteen now. Which we're like it's this fourteen has just come out. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And the fact that you are not Eisner nominated in that first year and people are recognizing panel by panel as a quality examination of this thing like it says on the front cover the thing we love comics <laughs> which i think it, i think it's just uh, it it does say an awful lot about the uh, 
the publication. Um, when it came to the Eisner's itself, um, did you follow along? Live? Yeah, man, of course. It's four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Actually, considering this was the longest Eisner's to date, and my God, we felt it. Um, <laughs> it, it was a three and a half hour show, I believe, and it was it was long. Um, yeah, I mean, we'd been about half nine, ten o'clock for your <laughs> one. What time? Yeah, I mean, did you follow along? Yeah, so I. I stayed up uh, in the hopes that someone was going to stream it, and luckily, someone streamed it on Twitch. Just like a random, you know, person that was there was 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 streaming the thing, um, and then it got to like, I was like, surely they'll put this one first because you know it's probably one of the lower down awards, you know, uh, th and then and then they didn't, and I was like, oh, they put like a real award first, so I was like, I've got no idea when this is going to happen. So I tried to stay up, and I fell asleep, um, and I woke up at like half three or quarter to four. And uh, I like woke up like in the days like oh my god, and then you know like got opened the Twitch stream. The guy was still streaming, so uh, I like looked at the list, and luckily, so Tiffany Babb, who I mentioned earlier, one of the writers, she was she was there, so um, she was sat as our representative or whatever in in the in the room, and so I was like messaged her on Twitter. I was like Tiffany, like what's happened? <laughs> and, um, and she was like, no, we're I think she was like you know we're four awards away or whatever, and I was like oh wow, so I my body just woke me up you know, I don't know, telepathically or whatever, just at the right time. Um, and then and what was worse was I was watching this stream and then the guy who's streaming it is like, oh, we're going to go now. And I was like, no, like you're like <laughs> one more the way, man. Just stay there. Um, and then they didn't. So they got up and left the room and they came back in just before um, Felicia Day, who announced the award, like, you know, came out. And I was like sweating, you know, <laughs> four o'clock in the morning. Uh, just like, oh God, please come back in. Um, so they came back in and we saw... Um, we got a really nice cheer, which was awesome. That was really cool to see. We got like Back a really, really room, yeah, we got a really, really nice cheer in the room, which was sweet. Um, and then, yeah, and then it was a little bit heartbreaking. But I, I had assumed for a while that Comics Journal was going to beat us. Uh, that's a very good publication. Um, um, so, uh, yeah, it was, it was a little bit just, it was a little bit sad, obviously. But it was, I had braced myself for it. As a northerner and with a foreign dad, you get used to disappointments quick. Like that's bred into you. So you expect the worst. And if it's something good happens, then you know that's a positive. So I you go in expecting the worst. Um I mean the great I mean like you say, I mean the comics journal is not exactly something that you so like are begrudgingly No, yeah, no they're 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 fantastic comics yeah. journal. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so it was a case of okay I've lost I can go to sleep now. Yeah, I just went straight back to sleep. <laughs> That's basically it. Um, I it was it was I was up for about ten minutes, uh, and it was cool because it was cool because I didn't realize it was going to be Felicia Day. I like Felicia Day, so that was cool. Um, and then yeah, I just, I just went back to bed. <laughs> I woke up the next morning and I started putting the next issue of Panel by Panel together. Fair enough. I mean, what was the um the kind of the 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 the, the communication from friends and peers as well? Uh, I can oh, that, but when, yeah. not when the nominations came out and also when the result came in. Yeah, it was really sweet. Like it was when I when I got nominated, I got like a lot of uh, like, you know, congrats and, you know, you deserve it kind of things. Um, what was better, what I loved was when we lost, because when we lost, losing's the best, because when you lose, you get loads of people who are like, you should have won. And that's a cool feeling. Um <laughs> So that, yeah, that's always good. I remember, I remember, I got like Dave Gibbons messaged me, um, and Dave Gibbons was like, he was like, you know, commiserations, like, you know, I'm sorry you lost, but um, just for the record, like, you had the loudest cheer in the room. Uh, so, 
I'll take I, any moment I, I in which my I'll best, take... man. I represented the best I could. No, I'll take I'll take any moment which Dave Gibbons, you know, has to drop you a line to say that you, you were popular in the room. So <laughs> like, I'll, I'll and take that. You, and then you reply, and congratulations on your Hall of Fame. No, I didn't say that because he won and I didn't, so I was bitter. Uh, <laughs> I left it like I left it like a couple of hours, so I had to calm down. Yeah, no, of course, of course, yeah. I'm he deserves every second of that, obviously. Okay. Alyssa, any questions? Uh, I think you've covered it all. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to uh, any future issues. And like I say, I'm looking forward to uh, continued success for Panel Thank by you. Panel. I mean, you've you teased uh, what the next issue is going to be about. What um, themes are going to be on issues down the pipe? Can you uh, give us a bit of a revelation of what's coming down? No. That, no. Uh, <laughs> It's, no, I can't. So, Immortal Hulk is Immortal Hulk is uh, is September's issue, October's issue. Uh, it's I don't want to say just in case because I I'm as I said I'm like a really because I'm Northern so I get really nervous about everything. Um, so I don't it, it may not it may not happen. It is well it's supposed to happen but it may not happen. But October should be a really really good book. Um, November is going to be uh, a really good book. Um, and then I'm thinking for December because we didn't do one last year. So I'm thinking for December we may do. I've always I, I thought it'd be really good fun to like open up um, to not have a feature book for one month and just get the writers who regularly write for the magazine to write about a comic that maybe didn't get the attention they believe it should have in the past twelve months. So I think for December we may do like kind of like an end of year um, uh, kind of open feature with a bunch of different interviews from from creators that we love uh, and you know a bunch of essays about books that we didn't quite get to cover in the past twelve months. That sounds like fun. Yeah, hopefully that. that's cool okay i mean we've got a couple of questions like i say we've got lots of people who have uh, read panel by panel really big fans so uh wanting to pass on all the best um also um we've got one or two people who are very um grateful that you cover the positive aspects of comics and the you don't necessarily get into the politics of the industry as such more the actual story crafting of how comics are made which i think uh, well, a lot of people appreciate considering that there is so much discussion uh, in the terms of politics and um, certain groups of fans uh, yeah. being, yeah, real. Well, uh, we, I mean, we, we do sort of cover politics in a sense. Uh, I mean, like in the Black Bolt issue, which was issue six, there was a, there was a feature about um, uh, like the prison system in the US and things like that. So we do we do cover political topics but but the, the stuff that i'm more interested in is, is using the stories and the comics that we cover as a springboard to talk about other ideas rather than specifically the industry there, there's plenty of places that cover the industry stuff that's not you know it's not really my interest and that's as i say that's mostly where panel by panel originated from in the first place so. cool so where's the i mean i have actually been one that has just bought the uh the year one pack yes well. that's so a I've, bargain I've got... deal Yes, because I, I missed I missed a couple of issues, so I ended up buying. I just bought them all again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's and, a bargain. Uh, yeah. I, so, where can people find and buy and uh, discover more about Panel by Panel? The easiest place to go, I guess, would be um, gumroad.com/panelxpanel. Um, it is pronounced Panel by Panel, but it's just easier to say Panel X Panel and the URL. Um, yeah, so gumroad.com/panelxpanel, or you can get it on. You know, the Twitter account is just at panel x panel um or follow me at hassan because i just tweet about it like relentlessly don't know if that's a positive thing um uh, yeah and you, like you said there's a bundle which has the first 12 issues so that's like it's like 1200 plus over 1200 pages of, of magazine and it's like 15 dollars. so which is what like a tenner just over a tenner Not in english bad. money yeah yeah it's like 10 10 pounds you get 12 issues of a magazine so you should all everyone should do that because it's really good yeah uh, it's eyes are nominated 
Absolutely. The, the Eisner nominated panel by panel. Uh, admittedly, I understand that the Doom Patrol issue is going to be going through a little bit of a discount because it's got a page review by somebody and therefore that's bringing the price down because it's substandard. Um, yeah, well, no, it's gone up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a collector's piece. It's, yeah. it's double the price for your review, for your mini review. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that kind of, that, I, I put that in purely off the off chance and yeah, it got uh, in the issue and I'm, I'm, I'm now... Yeah, I'm that. that the nominated. You Eisner nominated. <laughs> I don't think that's. I don't think the words Eisner nominated an Englishman in San Diego is ever, <laughs> ever going to happen. So we'll part just let that, let that slide. Hassan, <laughs> uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I look forward to reading more issues because it really is uh, for me for me an essential read. And I, I'm thank you. Hass, thank you very much indeed for coming on. No Thanks for having me. Excellent. Thank you. So there we go. That um, has been our guest for today. Um, thank you very much indeed for watching. We are going to very quickly. I know that um, uh, we we're kind of running out of time, so we'll do this very quickly just to cover the uh, the quick updates on a couple of uh, con news uh, bits and pieces. Uh, number one, um, the, the, what we're going to be doing with the show later is spending a good five minutes, five ten minutes on the updates. But we have run a little bit long, so we're going to cut this short a little bit number one is uh, regarding uh, amazing comic-con which uh, took uh, took place or was supposed to take place in hawaii this past weekend however in the face of uh, hurricane lane uh, the event has been cancelled it was announced yesterday um guests and attendees were told stay away basically go don't get on the plane don't come and see us because at the end of the day, it's just too much of a risk. Uh, thankfully, the, the hurricane itself was downgraded to a tropical storm, but serious flooding uh, did make it a very treacherous uh, thing to go and attend. Uh, if you do follow Amazing Comic Con on uh, Twitter, uh, they will be announcing uh, replacement dates. I believe that they're going to be announcing uh, tomorrow, so do follow that. Alyssa, do you want to very quickly talk about San Diego Comic Con versus FanX? Um, there was the judgment that was handed down recently, which, um, uh, interestingly enough, came out on the side of San Diego Comic-Con, CCI. Uh, they were awarded all of the damages, uh, not damages, but the, the court cost fees. Um, and uh, as Leonard pointed, you pointed out earlier, I believe uh, in the pre-show that you had uh, all of the, the, um, how did you phrase that? Again, well, you phrased yeah, it. it, it well, the, this, the, what happened was um, there was the, um, the court agreement uh, that had been made in terms of the a cease and desist. Uh, and basically uh, uh, an agreement or a uh, court settlement was made by Comic-Con or, or by the judge, uh, judge against um, Salt Lake Comic-Con, which then rebranded as FanX. Fanex then re uh, they appealed uh, against that decision, and this recent decision this week is basically no, you're still wrong, and we're going to now bill you for the, all the uh, court charges, four million dollars worth uh, is insane. But what was really interesting for me when I was reading the uh, the coverage was all the um, the entertainment uh, magazines and all the, uh, the like the varieties and the deadlines of the world. Uh, they concentrated very much on the financial settlement that at the end of the day Salt Lake had lost again and they had, were now having to pony up instead of something like $140,000 they now have to find four million uh, on the, like a couple of weeks away from their actual event 
But it was interesting that that's what the entertainment magazines covered. The convention and the pop culture and the comic sites all covered the, the element of the uh, ruling, watch, which was the reinforcement that Comic-Con is San Diego Comic-Cons, which really kind of puts a spanner in the works for anyone with the words Comic-Con in their title. Uh, so this could turn into a, this could be a, quite a big thing. So there. Speaking of um, FanX, um, announced today. Oh, hang on, we've got a finger in the air. Go for it, Alyssa. Um, one minute. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, Jeff Goldblum has announced that for FanX, he is going to be appearing at this year's show, kicking off on the 6th to 8th of September. Do uh, head to uh, the uh, uh, website for uh, your tickets for that, but he is now um, available for tickets for uh, photo ops and signatures, and that's with Jeff Goldblum. Um, also, uh, last but not least, uh, MCM, more comics guests have been announced for London. Um, Frank Cho and George Molina have been announced. Uh, Frank Cho, of course, has been one of the artists on the recent Hulk uh, book, and you've had Jorge Molina, who's also been on the Avengers. Uh, VIP passes are also now up for Frank Miller. Uh, they're available for sale if you want to get them. This is for MCM London uh, in October. £150 if you want to spend uh, 45 minutes in the company of Frank Miller. Uh, so there's that. Right. And that has been our com news. Very brief. We do have a number of things that we wanted to cover, but we'll uh, let that slide for this week. Um, very quickly. Let's talk about a competition that we're going to run, and that is to win yourself this signed copy of the convention guide um, for 2018. The way that you can win this, what we need to know from you is what has been your best ever convention memory to date. It can be a story. It can be a photo. It can be your own memories of any convention that you've been to, we want to know your favorite and your best convention memory. What we want you to do is share it to either our Facebook or to our um, Twitter account and uh, using the hashtag CupOTCompetition. You can win a signed copy, signed by Matt Taylor, the guy who did the artwork for this book. Uh, you can uh, jump in on that and win. Basically, we're gonna be running this for two weeks. Uh, so uh, in two weeks time, we'll uh, present a winner and basically, if you want to win a signed copy of the 2018 Convention Guide signed by Matt Taylor, what we need is your best convention memory. Like I say, it could be a video. It could be a, um, a photo that you've taken. It could just be a couple of tweets or a post about what your favorite memory of uh, any convention that you've been to. Send that and using the hashtag cup of tea competition, we would love to hear from you. So there we go. That has been our show. Thank you very much indeed to Hass and to Erin to be, for being our guest today. Alyssa, where can people find you online? People can find me on the Friends of CC at Friends of CCI on Twitter and always on my website, friendsofcc.com. Excellent stuff. And for myself, you can find and follow, of course, for the moment at Englishman SDCC. Actually, that Twitter handle is going to stay up and running, um, but we are going to be shifting everything over. Uh, in a couple of weeks' time, uh, do follow the Con Collective. That's T H E C O N C O L L I T V E. Or take the I out. It's Clock Collective. Uh, if you search for the Con, the Con Collective uh, or the Convention Collective on Twitter, you should be able to find us. We should have all the social medias up and running very shortly indeed. But that's where you'll be able to find the new site, which opens its doors Monday, the 1st of October.
Thank you very much indeed for watching. I hope you've enjoyed it. All the uh, chat that has uh, been uh, mentioned, I'm going to go through that over the next uh, half an hour or so. Respond to that on Twitter and uh, all the other uh, social medias because I do want to make sure that any questions you've put forward, I haven't missed. But thank you very much indeed for watching. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We're back again next week. Um, and hopefully you can join us for another Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. From us, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.